0: come to the altar isn't it great to know that despite our own flesh and no matter what you might be facing you can come to Jesus just as you are because he the great high priest has already made a way for us amen? Amen. listen to this Hebrews chapter 4 you don't have to turn there Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we pause to take a a second to thank you for your unconditional love. God, to thank you that we can come to you. That we have a high priest who, who is faced, who has gone through, who sympathizes with us. Lord, but at the same time, you were perfect and spotless, providing the ultimate sacrifice and atonement for my sin. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for Grace Baptist Church. For the incredible ministry that it has had for so long. Lord, we ask that you would continue to pour out your spirit, that you would continue to pour out your blessing, that you would continue to place your hand of protection upon this place. God, that we would continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world. Lord, I thank you for the men and women of this church who have served so faithfully. Lord, as we have the opportunity to give back, Lord, I pray that you would take that which is given, Lord, and you would use it for your kingdom. We love you and we praise you. It's in your name that I pray. We had an incredible week at summer camp. And part of the reason that we kind of set this Sunday aside for you to hear some of the testimonies of our students, and we are going to open God's word together, but listen, church, this should encourage you. It should be almost like a jolt of energy to see young people get excited about the cause of Christ. Because listen, they're not the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. And so we've asked several students if they would come and share what God did in their life this week at camp. Angel, start us off.
1: hi my name is angel and i'm going to share my testimony about camp this week i went to camp and it was really fun and life-changing i've been to camp before but this was different our first camp was hosea 10:12. Sow righteousness for yourselves reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you each day we focus on something different even though the whole thought of camp was on revival. We focus on different areas such as faith, hope, and life, physically and spiritually. Um, I'm so glad I was able to come to camp this year. The songs were really deep, and the one that I liked the most was when we talked about how we should give our hearts and lives to God, because he has been so good to us, and that we should repay him back with our lives, because sometimes we stray away from God's and he's always one step away from us, no matter how far we go. Go.
2: Okay. so many of you know me I'm Caleb Andreessen. and uh, so I got to come visit to go to camp this year and it was really awesome probably one of the fastest weeks of my life the games were really really fun and the food was amazing <laughs> It was great catching up with everyone from the youth group and beating Luke up and then getting beat up by Jeff and Dakota. It all, I also made some new relationships with some of the kids from First Baptist Deerfield. <clears throat> but though all of that was great, what was also great was the service. Jeremy did a fantastic job, and though every day was well done, the day that really kind of hit home was on Thursday. It was about our partnership with God. When we accept Christ, we gain a partnership But the problem is we expect like a pat on the back. If we do our devotions every morning, we expect God to say, congrats or good job. Or look, I went to church this morning. Yay me. But that's not how it should be. Christ died for us. We shouldn't be looking for an applause to do something that we should already be doing in the first place. And that kind of just touched me. So um, I'm going to close with Galatians 20. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This week of camp has probably been the best week of my summer and best camp experience so far. It has been a very emotional one from not getting enough sleep, from people pranking each other, to growing spiritually and reviving my walk with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. In one session, Jeremy, our speaker, said something that really spoke to me. Everything in your life depends on your relationship with God. He said that a few times to let it sink in. It made me really think what relationship I had and to show me the areas I needed to change. I also want to thank each of the leaders for spending their time this week investing in our lives. It really meant a lot. Thank you.
3: Hi, my name is Matt, for most, most of you guys know me, I've been coming here for a while now. Uh, this year has been a tough year for me, it hasn't been very easy, we've had some good times, some bad times. But going into the summer, I was just looking for some time to relax and lay it back and just chill. But I wasn't even sure if I was going to go on this trip, but I decided to go with three weeks before, and I'm very happy I did. I grew in my spiritual walk with God, no doubt about it. The the past week, I was able to seclude myself from the outside world and just focus on God, family, and friends. It's been a great camp to attend, great area. Uh, Pastor Luke and all the other counselors there, Came, uh, that came out to help run this camp are greatly appreciated by all of us campers. But I would be foolish if I did not tell you there are two counselors whose selfless service and sacrifice rose above all others. I'd like to make a special shout-out to Miss Rita and Miss Liz Still for preparing our camp food, which is amazing. Uh, without any of these workers, none of this would have happened. Uh, every night we would break into our small groups with our group leader, and our first, and we had Mr. Ratzlaff as ours. Our first night, he asked us to set one goal for ourselves the whole week. My goal was to be able to focus in and set myself back on track to pursue God. Throughout the week and all the sessions we had, I believe I accomplished my goal. I loved how Jeremy, our session leader, preached every session to the understanding of all of our campers. I know that the bond I have with Jesus Christ strengthened more than it has ever strengthened before. We always did a little devotion in the morning called tag time, which means time alone with God. Before camp, I rarely did devotions, but seeing how interesting the devotions were to me, I'm going to keep trying to do them every single day. I have loved being a part of this youth group since day one. Our camp didn't only involve sessions in small groups and devotions. We played many games that were very fun throughout the whole week. All around, Pastor Luke and the counselors did an amazing job setting up our camp schedule and when nothing ever con conflicted each other. I believe that most, if not all, campers in our camp were spiritually moved this week. I know that I have never had a stronger faith before. Thank you.
1: Hi, guys. I'm Chris. Um, Before I went to camp, I was going through so much within myself, my family, and even at work. I began to feel so depressed and alone, and I didn't call on God. I felt like I drifted too far from him, and I didn't feel like he would hear me. But that's just what the devil wanted me to believe. I thank those who helped me and encouraged me to go to camp this summer. While I was at camp, I learned that no matter how far I moved from God, it only takes one step to turn back to him. And now that I've done that, I'm free from brokenness, and I'm filled with joy again. I'm, I'm moving forward, and quitting is not an option.
4: Hi. My name is Kyle Lassen, and I'm going to be a senior this year at Highlands. Uh, When I was younger, I used to look forward to camp because of the games and the time with friends, but this year I was really excited about the sessions that we would have twice a day and to see what God would do in my life. The theme of our camp was revive, and the meaning of revive is to restore life, and I know that for me, spiritually, I was kind of dying, thinking that just coming to church on Wednesdays and Sundays would keep my walk with God strong enough, but it wouldn't. I was just going through the motions thinking I'd be fine, but that, that would help me grow, this week definitely helped me restore my life or revive my walk with God. Our camp verse was Hosea ten twelve, which says, Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up, break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. That verse is telling us that we need to break up our hearts and soften them to what God has to say to us. I learned a lot of things this week. One thing is that our youth group is not very creative when it comes to pranking. Another thing is that the camp cook is not waterproof, (laughs) like the time that our girl leaders threw cups of water all over her for fun. (laughs) And what also finally sunk into my head is that that to grow with God is not just a two-day thing, but an everyday thing that we have to do. Whenever we come back from a camp or a mission trip, we get on a spiritual high, and I'm not going to let that high end for me, and I hope that everyone else that went will do the same. And this week, God also confirmed something that I've been praying about for a while, and that's the fact that I want to go to Liberty and study youth ministry and hopefully, hopefully become a youth pastor. And I hope you guys will pray for me that I'm following God's plan for my life. Thank you.
0: Well, there's no reason for me to preach. They took all of my points. no. Hey, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10. We had an incredible week, but before we dive into our scripture today, I would like to tell you one little story about camp. First of all, great job, students. That was awesome. Um, One little story about camp. Inevitably, when you go to camp, there's going to be things that happen. There's going to be things that that, that come up that you're not expecting, and so before we left, I met with all of our leaders and had just kind of like a leaders meeting, and and here's our word. Our word is flexibility. That we would be flexible, uh, no matter what comes up. That hey, we just got to adapt. We got to be willing to, to make things happen. And and as you heard, um, we. We have great students, but when it comes to the area of of camp, there's normally things like pranks that happen at camp, right? Like, you you normally come up with some type of thing to, maybe it's guys versus girls. In this case, that's what it happened to be, and somebody mentioned that we're not very good at pranks, um, which I'm I'm thankful for because I don't have to worry about too much um, as the leader, Uh, but, but simple things, like they were doing things like they wanted to, like, uh, Uh, air horns were going off at like three in the morning, you know, they would duct tape the button down and throw them into the room and they're going off and uh, they wanted to do what are called axe bombs where they take uh, the fragrance axe that a lot of junior high guys use um, way too much of, they take that, tape it down and throw it in and it sprays and you're like coughing up a lung for the next three days because of the smell and and so that's what they were doing. Well, one night in particularly, uh, the guys got up uh, and, and saran wrapped. Like, let me give this. So when you go to camp, we have a dorm, right? It's this big dorm. You walk in two double doors, and there's this foyer. To the right's the guy's dorm. To the left is the girl's dorm. You go downstairs, there's this basement. Uh, and we call it the basement. Um, Miss Rita called it the dungeon. Um, but uh, the guys decided that they were going to saran wrap before the girl's door, like, all the way down to the floor, but they, again, weren't necessarily that bright because they had a guy on the inside, saran wrapping. And then they realized he couldn't get out. I won't tell you names, Hoy Eller, um, but, but, oh, it was Caleb. Either way, they, they had to leave a space at the bottom to get back out. And so they did that, Then the girls, wanting to prevent... The guys from opening their door, because they couldn't lock their doors, um, although the campus was secure, parents, um, the girls decided to tape their door shut so that at least if the guys did break it open, they would at least like, I don't know, wake up in time to counteract anything that the guys were going to do. Well, one morning, Miss Rita decided to come up from the dungeon where she slept with all of my little kids and my wife, and she came up the basement steps, and she, she goes to go to the girl's door, but it's saran wrap. So Miss Rita, with all of her stuff, because she's going to, she climbs under the hole. <laughs> she doesn't tear the saran wrap down, right? She climbs under, and she goes to open the door, but it's taped shut. So there's Miss Rita. She's pulling. The door's not opening. So with all of her might, she grabs And by this time, Claire Ratliff and Tori Purchase, as Miss Rita swings it open, thinks that it's a guy, cups of water, poosh, all over Miss Rita, and her dry clothes have now become wet, which she ended up still wearing that day. I'm sorry, Miss Rita, you had no idea what you were getting into with camp. You did Guys, it was Miss Rita that put all the cereal in your bed that ended up in Dakota's bed that ended up into the girls' dorm. So, man, listen, it was a great week, and we could tell stories after stories of, of fun things, funny things, um, not so fun things like three in the morning, air horns. Like, look, look. But the truth of the matter is, our goal was that God would revive our hearts, that there would be a movement not just, listen, in our students' lives, but maybe here in South Florida. Maybe here at Grace Baptist Church. Maybe that God would begin to break up the fallow grounds of our hearts and we would begin to seek after God. That was our desire. And that was our prayer. Would you join me as I pray this morning? Father, Lord, this morning it's, it's an incredible opportunity that we have to open your word And Lord, I pray that as we open your word, as we dive in, as we dig deep, God, you would right now begin in some of the hearts of your people here this morning that have grown so hard and would you begin to plow, would you begin to till, would you begin to tear apart the hardness, Lord, would you remove the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh that beats after your heart, God. Lord, that we may see change, that we may see revival this morning in our own lives. We love you. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Here is our theme verse. It says, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. The word revive, here's the definition of the word revive. It's to activate, to set in motion, to take up again or to renew. Uh, The second definition, as you work your way through them, it says this, and this is what I love. To return to life, to return to consciousness, to return to vigor, to return to strengthen But watch, to return to a flourishing condition. Hey church, here's the question for you this morning. What's the condition of your heart? This is what I know. I have been blessed my whole life. I grew up in a Christian home. Grew up going to church every time the church was open and then some. Uh, I grew up going to a Christian school, graduated from Highlands Christian Academy, had Bible class every single day, had church Wednesday night, Sunday morning. I had chapels on Thursday, went to a Christian college, had chapel every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And do you know what I know? That even in my own heart, hear me, you can go through all of those things and sit in all of those uh, services, watch, and our hearts can become hard to the word of God. And if we're honest, some of us in this room this morning, our hearts have become so turned off. But Luke, I'm at church today. Way to go. But most of us just go through the motions. I come to church because it's Sunday. No, are you coming to church to seek after God, to revive your heart for the upcoming week, that you may be a beacon of light that shines greatly for the cause of Christ? You see, our our theme verse talks about several things that I'd like to share with you this morning. Church, it's time that we return to a flourishing condition. A flourishing condition. Here's what I know about fallow ground. Fallow ground at once used to flourish. It used to produce a crop. And if we're honest this morning, there's some of us in this room that we can remember a time in our life where we were passionate about the things of God. When we were on fire for what God had called us to do. Maybe that was 30 years ago for some of us. For some of us, maybe it was even longer than that. But do you remember when you first understood your need for a Savior? And when you first came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection? Do you remember that? Do you remember how that moved you? How that motivated you? How that encouraged you to live a life above reproach, a called according to the purpose of Jesus Christ? Do you remember those days? Why is it that it's not fresh in our hearts and our lives today? For many of us, it's because our hearts have grown hard. Because we're just going through the routine and the motions every single day. You see, I believe it's time that we return to a flourishing condition. Listen, where we begin to produce the spiritual fruit of love. Where we love the lost Where we love the homeless, where we love the unlovable. I believe it's time that we start producing joy in our lives. Do you remember when you used to have the joy of the Lord in your life? And it actually was one of the most difficult times in your life that you've ever gone through. But people around you could see the spiritual fruit that you were producing of joy in your life. Do you remember when you used to produce peace in your marriages with your co-workers do you remember when you used to produce patience with your children, even when they never listened? Do you remember when you produced kindness to your neighbor who doesn't have the same morals or ethics as you, but yet you loved him as Christ loved the church? Do you remember? You see, what happens is, is so many of us, we allow our hearts, watch, to become sun-soaked and hardened that it becomes like petrified wood, that nothing will penetrate it. One of the biggest challenges for me, dealing with youth in our culture today, is that oftentimes we feel as if we don't entertain, if we don't give them 25 minutes of jokes, that they're not going to connect. Hear me, I'm all about connecting with students. But I think that the disconnect often happens is because the home has become such a routine and not flourishing. So this morning, how do we return to a flourishing condition? How do we do that? You see, number one, if we want revival, watch this, if we want revival in our world, do we want revival in our world? Yes. Do we want revival in America? Yes. Do we want revival in Florida? Do, listen, let's go even further. Do we want revival in Pompano Beach? Yeah. Hey, listen, do we want revival in Grace Baptist Church? Yeah. Watch. None of that will happen unless revival starts in our own hearts. You see, revival has to happen personally. The same way my parents' faith doesn't save me. It's my faith in Jesus Christ that saves. So if you want revival, listen, this morning, it's got to start inwardly. So how do we do that? Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, you've got to prepare our hearts. As with anything in life, you have to be prepared for it, right? I I was trying to think through things that we have to prepare for in life. I, I, I made a list. In Florida, particularly, we have to prepare for hurricanes, don't we? How many of you enjoy that? Don't you love that? No, you hate that. Got to get off work, got to put up the shutters, got to make sure you got enough gas for the generator and batteries for the flashlights. And, but you still have to prepare, right? You have to prepare for marriage. Some of us, you, you, as you get older, as you start finding that someone, you've got to prepare for marriage. You've got to prepare for a family. Listen, you've got to prepare for retirement. You've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be prepared for war, for vacation, you got to be prepared for work. you got to be prepared to cook. But most importantly, you got to be prepared for death. You see, you've got to be prepared. You have to make sure that everything's in order. The worst thing that you could possibly do is start a job, only to realize that before you finish that job, you're missing some pieces. Anybody? Has that ever happened to you? That happens to me, it seems like, all the time. In fact, just a a couple of weeks ago, in my home, I had a leak in my house under my kitchen sink. Uh, My kitchen sink was leaking. We couldn't figure it out. Like, there's this odor that's just coming into my home. And at first, I thought we just hadn't bathed the kids for a while. And then I I didn't know what was going on. And and maybe the dog, like, it was terrible. So we had a plumber come to our house, and he found the leak. And here's what he said to me. He said, "Listen, I can call my guys. We can come over and do this, or I can just show you how to do it. And Me being, well, I'm pretty handy. No problem. I can fix this. I got it." He says he draws it out on a sheet of paper and he says, "Here's what you need." And I'm like, "Okay." So all I need to do is cut the one pipe that's leaking and, and put a coupling on it, tighten it down, and I'm golden. Perfect. Go to Home Depot, get the coupling, buy two just in case because I want to be prepared. Get home. Clear everything out underneath the kitchen sink. Man, we got all kinds of stuff under there. Get it all out. I go to make my cut to cut the pipe right at the hole. No problem. Cut it straight through. This is easy. Go to slip my coupling on. As I'm holding the, the pipe, I'm going to slip on the coupling. The drain from the other side snaps out of the other side of the sink. Well, I don't have an extra drain. I just bought two couplings. I'm not prepared for the drain to be broken. So, what do I have to do? Got to make that faithful trip back to Home Depot, right? So I go back to Home Depot, no problem. I pick up a new drain. It's perfect. It's it's actually stainless this time instead of plastic. It's great. And, and so I, I get the new drain. I put the new drain in, but but I can't put the coupling on yet because I gotta I gotta get that drain just perfect. Get my plumber's putty. Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot plumber's putty, so I had to go back to Home Depot, get Plumber's Putty. I'm calling my dad. Dad, this is like my fourth trip to Home Depot. What else am I going to need? Like, you've got to know. So I get the Plumber's Putty, get it all in, get the new drain in, start to run my downspout over to where the other drain connects, go to put it on, tighten the coupling, turn on the faucet, and glorious, it's dripping again. I'm like, what? And I'm starting to get so frustrated. And, and so I have to cut the pipe again. But this time, i got to cut it at a bigger section. Well, now my couplings that I bought don't fit the bigger section. So what do I have to do? I have to go back. Why am I sharing this with you? My, my failures in life? I'm just trying to be transparent. But really, I'm trying to tell you, listen, you've got to be prepared. And some of us are not preparing our hearts properly. You say, Luke, there's a, there's a way to prepare your heart. Yeah, I want to show you just a couple of things. If you have your Bibles, turn to, we're going to turn a couple of places, places. If you don't have a Bible, it'll come up on the screen. But at 1 Chronicles chapter 22, 1 Chronicles chapter 22, I, I want to read this to you. You see, it's important that we prepare our hearts. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 19, it, it says this. Now set your mind and hearts to seek the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God, so that the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord. Listen, they're getting ready to build the temple, Solomon's temple. And David is telling the leaders of Israel before you begin to build, before you begin to build this temple that's going to house the Ark of the Covenant, where the Holy Spirit of God, where God Himself will reside in the Old Testament, in the holiest of holies, before you build this, listen, you got to set your mind and heart to seek the Lord. What does that mean? What does it mean to set? To devote, to set aside some time. To devote your resources to what? You're setting your mind and your heart to do something, to seek after God. That's what you have to do. You've got to set it. You see, to prepare, to set aside time, to devote resources. When was the last time? Listen, I'm not asking you when the last time was that you did your devotions. That's not what I'm asking. When was the last time you sought after God? When you sought to be in line with the Holy Creator. When was the last time you sought after God? Turn real quickly to Second Chronicles. Just a couple of pages to the right, chapter 12. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. We read this other the other night with our students preparing us uh, to go to camp. Here's what it says, verse 13. So King Rehoboam grew strong in Jerusalem and reigned. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city that the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Namah the Ammonite. And he did evil, watch, for he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. He didn't set his heart to seek after God. He didn't prepare it. He wasn't ready. You're saying, Luke, what's the big deal? He must not have loved God. He must have, you know, just been this horrible person. No. If you read the story that comes before, he was actually listening to the voice of God. For three years, he obeyed God. But here's the problem. He was doing what God wanted. But because he didn't prepare his heart, his heart began to get hard. It became a heart of st- and because he didn't prepare it he didn't seek God and because he didn't seek God he started to do evil. Hey church when was the last time you prepared your heart to seek after God? You see if we want revival to spread through if we want to be renewed in Christ listen we've got to prepare our hearts. Here's why we prepare our hearts. Why? Well read back in Hosea Chapter 10, verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground. Prepare your hearts. Here's why. For it is time to seek the Lord. For it's time. It's time. Do you ever say that? Do you ever say that? It's time? You do. It's time to go, right? You tell your kids, hey, come on. It's time to go. Let's go. Vamos, everybody. Let's go, right? You say it's time to eat. Hey, come on. It's time to eat. It's time to play, right? Something we said a lot this week at camp. Hey, it's time to take a shower. Go. Take a shower. All right. We love you, but there wasn't enough baby soap on the Visqueen. Go in. Take a shower. All right. One that I like at my house. Hey, it's time to go to bed. Go. Go to bed. What about it's time to seek? It's time to seek. To seek is to stop doing everything else and to focus on finding something. It's like the woman in the parable that Jesus tells in Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter of the lost coin. What does she do? She stops everything. She lights a lamp. She sweeps out her floors. She does everything to diligently seek out that lost coin. When was the last time you stopped what you were doing to seek after the Lord? When was the last time you hit the pause button on your life to seek after the Lord? you know why I love camp? Honestly. Because it gives us a week with our students to unplug, to pause, to disconnect from the chaos of their everyday life. We don't allow our students to take their cell phones. Some people think that that's harsh. We've got plenty of adults with their cell phones if mom or dad needs to get a hold Why do we do that? Why do we say, hey, we don't want you to bring uh, music. We don't want you to bring your phone. We don't want you to deal with social media. Why do we do that? So that they can focus on one thing versus 35,000 things. You heard our students testify this morning to you. Every morning we set aside a time specifically for them to do what we call a tag time. Time alone with God where you spend purposefully set aside time devoted to focusing on the Lord. Hey, hey, church, when was the last time that's what you did in your everyday life? You prepared your heart to seek after the Lord. There's a reason that I share that with you. Here's why. Turn over to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. The reason is is that it's time to seek the Lord. Why is it time to seek the Lord today? Here, in your life, I'll tell you why. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Did you catch what Isaiah is saying there? Do you realize what he's saying? He's saying two different motives that are here. Number one, while he may be found. And number two, while he's near. What is that implying? Hey, church, listen. What is that implying? Today's the day of salvation. Today. Today. And if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in the finished work of Calvary, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to atone for my sin and your sins, if you've never done that, today is the day. Here's why. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not. Hebrews tells us it's appointed unto man once to die and then face judgment And if you or I were to stand before a holy God with not knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, then there's a big, big problem that we have. It's called eternally separated from a holy God in a real place called hell. You see, the wages of sin is death. The price for my sin and your sin is death. And so why is it important that we begin to seek the Lord? Because we're not promised tomorrow. No one is. Not only are we not promised tomorrow, but listen... We don't know when Jesus is coming back. The Bible tells us that no man knows the day nor the hour that Jesus shall return. But I do know this, that if you were to die today, that's not my hope, that's not my prayer, but if you were to die today, or Jesus was to return today, and you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you would be eternally separated from a holy God in hell for all eternity. You know why it's important to seek the Lord? Because there's one thing that we as Christians don't get to do in heaven. Do you know what that is? We don't get to witness in heaven. You don't get to share your faith in heaven. You see today is the day of salvation. Would you make sure that you're seeking the Lord today? Last two points and then I'm done. I know we got to go. The question then would be then then Luke how often How often should I seek the Lord? 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 says this. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Day after day. I love, and I love what Kyle said. It's not a -a two-time-a-week thing, a Sunday and a Wednesday. It's an everyday thing, which kind of, fitting that our youth group is called The Edge. It stands for an everyday God experience. You see, we want to meet and see God every single day. How often should I seek the Lord every day? Last couple of things. Why should I seek the Lord? Why? Go go through this with me. Psalms 34.10. Psalm 34 says, The young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Why should you seek the Lord? Man, the blessings of the Lord are incredible. Amos chapter 5 verse 4 says this, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. It's not talking about physical life. He's talking about for all eternity living with the Lord. And lastly, Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, it's time to seek the Lord, church. Here's why. That he may reign his righteousness upon us. Do you know what the righteousness of God really is? It's that I am now in a right standing. I have been justified, just as if I never sinned. That's how our Heavenly Father would see us, through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to close, as our band gets ready to play, I want to ask you a question this morning. As you've heard the testimony of some of these students, the question is for you this morning, what is your heart condition? What is it? For some of us, let's be honest, our heart is a heart of stone. And it needs to be plowed. It needs to be prepared. It needs to be ready to receive the blessings of the Lord as we diligently seek Him. For some of us, our heart is actually not really stone, but for some of us, our heart is actually dead. You see, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And because of that, though your heart is beating physically, you do not have the forgiveness of sins yet on your life. Because you haven't asked God to forgive you of your sins, to purify you from all unrighteousness. And so you are actually dead in your trespasses and sin. But here's the good news. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were sinners, he died for us. And in dying for us, his blood doesn't doesn't cover my sin. It washes my sin and your sin completely away. So some of us fall in one of those categories. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? Man, I haven't been seeking God in my life. And today's the day that I know that I need to begin to prepare my heart so that I can seek after the Lord.